All right. So David, we were just talking uh, a little while about your your business plan for 2024, but I just want to rewind and, and uh, have a conversation around 2023. It was your first full year in, in real estate sales. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Brandon, that's correct. Yeah. So you just told me, right? So you were in construction, hurt your back, looking to get into to the sales world. Uh, you get into real estate sales of all things. And your first full year in real estate, you end up selling 48 houses. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. So that puts you in your first year in like the top 10% of the industry, right? So I want to talk about, well, how was it that you were able to do that as a brand new agent? And of the 48, it wasn't like, uh, we talked about your sphere of influence a little bit, but it wasn't like 45 of those transactions came from your sphere. It was quite the opposite. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Absolutely. So break down the business. Where did the 48 deals come from? Yeah, so great question. So out of the 48 deals, um, I was on a team at the time. So I had four company-generated deals. Uh, I did three uh, Sphere SOI deals. Uh, and then the 41 that were left were all for sale by owner and expired deals. Pretty much split right down the middle. Wow. Yeah, so 41, yeah. 41 deals you're able to go out there and uh, generate, self-generate with, and I'm just guessing here, you didn't have to spend a bunch of money marketing or advertising and doing a bunch of social media content. You did it through an outbound prospecting approach working on your sales skills primarily. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, just hitting the phones. Yeah, so let's, let's talk that through, right? Because a lot of new agents watch the show, they listen to the podcast, and um, the truth is many of them struggle. They understand the idea around, I've got to prospect, I've got to be uh, play offense, and I've got to be the one to go out there and initiate conversations with people in order to make this work. And very few can. I mean, very, very few can. Most of, and you know this too, most get in the business and they get out within their first year. You did the opposite. So my first question is, when it comes to a mindset, how was it that you were able to overcome some of the things that I think a lot of other new agents struggle with, which is call reluctance, fear of rejection, you know, being uncomfortable to make these calls? How did you overcome that mindset? Yeah, absolutely, Brandon. That's a great question. I'd say that the biggest thing was uh, for me, I, naturally, I'm a pretty shy person when it comes to talking to new people. Um, so I remember the, the first day I started calling, I was absolutely terrified to pick up the phone. I pretty much just sat there and watched everybody else call for the whole first day. Um, but after that, I, I, the big thing that uh, worked out for me was actually setting accountability to where I was kind of forced to be in the office every day and making those calls from X time to X time, uh, despite how I was feeling, you know, mentally, maybe even as a result of stuff going on outside of work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's massive, right? So environment, accountability, it's a big portion of your success in your first year in the business. Because you're right. I mean, I think a lot of new agents find themselves in a situation where they're at home in a basement in their underwear thinking they're going to do, do this on their own. That's pretty tough. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So let's break down the, the details of the business. All right. So first off, can you walk us through like your average daily schedule, what that looks like? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, pretty much every day, uh, I wake up around 6 a.m., 6.30, somewhere in there. I actually don't eat breakfast. Uh, I pretty much uh, just drink an energy drink or coffee first thing in the morning. Um, head into the office. Uh, I role play every day when I'm on my way to the office, generally just driving there on the commute. Um, and then get to the office around 745. Um, then right at 8 a.m., uh, I start calling the uh, new expireds. 
uh, and then for sale by owners after that, and then and then lead follow up. Yeah, and then you go right until what noon? Yep, yep. So from eight a.m. to nine a.m., I call the new expireds. Uh, then from nine a.m. to ten a.m., I call the uh, for sale by owners, and then after that, uh, from ten a.m. to eleven, I'm pretty much calling uh, old expireds or old for sale by owners, and then at eleven a.m. to noon, uh, I just do my lead follow up from there. Yeah, and we were just kind of working on your business plan a little bit, but before we hit the record button. So looking back last year, you were having what, between 35, 40 contacts per day on average? Is that roughly where you ended up? Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yep. Yeah. So what does that result in? Like, so you're calling these people, uh, having conversations, we're going to break down some skills things in just a minute, but how many leads would you typically generate on a daily or weekly basis? How many appointments were you setting going on and how many listings are you taking per, uh, per week? Sure, sure, absolutely. So my goal for uh, the past couple months, at least, let's say, has been to set at least uh, you know two appointments a day out of all those contacts. Uh, my goal has always been to go on an appointment a day and and sign two listings a week. Yeah, it's a great goal. I love it. Yeah. So so let's break down the actual conversation, right? Because this is where the rubber meets the road. You can make a bunch of dials, but without a skill set, uh, it's going to be tough to turn a, a result. So. What are some of the things that have helped you turn these conversations with people, David, that you don't know, and quite frankly, they don't know you either, into them inviting you into their home and then ultimately hiring you to represent the sale of their home? Talk to us about the phone skills piece, and then we'll talk about the listing presentation. Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So the big thing I would say that I started off with right off the bat was obviously printing out the scripts and then writing them out. Uh, and pretty much every day before I went to work, uh, when I first started out, I'd write them out every morning as many times as I could before I had to leave. Uh, and then when I got home, uh, I'd just be watching TV, honestly, and, and just writing out the scripts while I was sitting there. Um, outside of that, uh, I still to this day role play every day with someone, um, whether that be the listing presentation or the you know expired or for sale by owner script. Um, that's just been huge. Uh, also <laughs> when I'm going to the appointments or if I have quite the drive, a lot of times I actually chant out the listings, uh, presentation, you know, in the car, uh, before I get there, just to make sure I'm on my A game when I pull up. Yeah. I love it. So first and foremost, you had to memorize what it is you were going to say, right? Yeah. Because there's a lot of, uh, fear when it comes to making these calls. Why? Because we don't know what to say. And so yeah. step one is memorizing what it is that I want to say, how do I want this conversation to go? And then all of the role playing that you're doing helps you in your delivery of the words. Because oftentimes what I say is, it's not the words that get you the appointments, it's how you deliver the words that uh, determines how we make people feel. And ultimately how people make, uh, how they feel determines on what they do, their actions and their behaviors. And so, when you're listening to a prospect, are you, uh, how much are you mirror matching? How much uh, are you focused on your tonality, your pace? Talk to us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the big things that I learned about as well from, from you and other coaches as well was, uh, you know, the different personality styles, which I think is huge and, and kind of mirror and matching, um, you know, and, and not coming off, especially uh, super salesy. If you get hung up on a lot when you do that. Yeah. Um, so a, a big thing I would say was just on the phone calls and even more so I would actually say in, in person, it was just about, uh, matching that person's energy tonality. Like you said, uh, how loud they're talking, how, you know, their rate of speech and, and all that stuff has been a huge learning curve, but it, it makes a big difference in person and on the phone, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
you know, I, I guess I've never asked you this. I mean, there's a couple different strategies that all work when it comes to outbound prospecting uh, as it relates to appointments, right? Some some people that list 50, 60, 80 homes a year will take an approach to say, okay, I want to focus just on getting face-to-face. -face. And when I'm face-to-face, -face, I can figure out if I have an opportunity. And they have to go on a lot of, lot of appointments to get the listings that they need. And then some people go on what we would call like a high quality listing appointment. In other words, they do a lot of disqualification. They do a lot of qualification over the phone. Where do you land with that? Like, where do you see that? What do you found has been most helpful for you? Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest thing I would say is, uh, you know, that I've learned from you just over the past year has been uh, just making sure that the leads that you're actually generating are actually leads, first of all, uh, but not just that, that they're high quality leads and that they're going to be, you know, worth your time. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely say that when I first started off, I was calling anyone and everything and just pretty much stuffing everything into the pipeline. Um, and I would end up with honestly more follow-up calls than I could even make in a day. It felt like at the time. Um, so one of the big changes I've made since working with you has been, you know, actually disqualifying, uh, and qualifying as well, the leads, uh, before putting them into my pipeline. And that saved me a ton of time. And now the appointments in turn that I'm going on, uh, I'm signing them a lot more often. Um, and I'm actually having to go on less appointments, which at the end of the day is a, is a good thing if they're not high quality appointments. Love it. So, so you went from being in what we would call the lead collection business into the business of listing and selling property when you understood the process of disqualifying. Is that right? That's correct. Absolutely. Can you give us maybe an, uh, an example or what you mean, what, what, what disqualifying means to you? Absolutely. Um, I'd say as far as, as disqualifying the lead, the biggest thing, my biggest takeaway lately, and, and one of the things I've been focusing on is um, just simply giving the prospect the opportunity to say no. That's right. And and not just, you know, cutting them off or uh, honestly just being too pushy because, uh, you know, for a while there, it was, it was pretty much telling them like what time I'd be showing up at their house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, not to say that that never works, but the most of the time it doesn't, you just end up, uh, uh, wasting your time at the end of the day. Yeah. So I couldn't, I, it's what I wrote down, you know, I couldn't have said it any better. I mean, the process of disqualifying is feeling comfortable hearing no and inviting prospects to tell you and, yeah. and it's, and it's okay. It's fine. That's what we're looking to do. That's the only way we know that we have a real opportunity or not. Cause most people to your point, use just a high pressure sales, uh, uh approach where they don't, they, they just avoid no. And so they end up getting a bunch of prospects that have to BS them and tell them they're interested when they're really not. And they end up setting appointments that never happen or go on appointments that they shouldn't be going on because they didn't make the prospects feel safe to tell them the truth. And that has been your experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and since I made that tweak, I might add to um, <laughs> pretty much everyone that I've met with uh, has told me that, or I should say a large majority of the people that I meet with now tell me you know, we decided to meet with you or we decided to go with you because you just sound different than everybody else. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So let's, let's shift over to the listing appointment. You know, there's a lot of different parts and we don't have time to go through the whole, uh, process of that, but is there a part of the listing presentation that you feel like is your favorite that you feel like provides the most value that allows you to become that obvious choice? Yeah, absolutely. And without a, without a, a doubt in my mind, for sure. The biggest thing I like and, and the biggest tweak I've made has been upfront um, asking for permission to just be completely honest with them. 
and, and asking for that uh, permission up front to, to just tell them the truth and recognize in my mind that, you know, I can't help everyone. Um, but since I've made that tweak, I leave the appointments now feeling like, one, like I've been completely honest, right, and, and told them all the information that they need to hear. But now that the ball is basically in their court and that I've done everything that I could do at this point to, to win that listing. I love it. And then when you take the listing, uh, I think a lot of agents, they feel this, um, this unnecessary pressure because the only reason they got the listing was they BS their way in getting the listing. They told them it was worth a little bit more than it was. They, they, yeah. you know, they missed some steps. They didn't set great expectations. And so when you take a listing, you've taken them under circumstances that you have full integrity in that listing. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I was that guy for a little while too. I mean, if I sure, knew that we I was all going were. up against, against multiple agents where I'd tell them a little bit more, I was, I was constantly worried about or thinking about um, what the other agents might be saying, as opposed to honestly just telling them the truth and, and worrying about whether or not I could actually help them. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So, you know, I guess let me just ask you this. This is for the audience, um, the audience per, uh, uh, for their benefit. That, that is this, you know, there's so many voices out there, a lot of people getting in the industry, telling people to do many, many different things, right? And when it comes to client acquisition and actually earning an income, you know, there's so many distractions. There's companies saying, you know, prospecting is dead, uh, do social media, do this, do that, do this. You know, what advice would you give to a brand new real estate agent just freshly licensed? And they're just like, man, I've got to, I got to figure this out. I've got to feed my family. I've got to pay the bills. I've got to make money. And where, where do I go for the truth? What advice would you give them when it comes to client acquisition? Uh, call Brandon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but, but seriously, I, I would say the biggest thing, um, and, and I can definitely say like, I would not have had the success I had um, this year and, and hopefully much more success and better success down the road. But uh, biggest thing would be just hiring a coach right out of the get go. Um, and, you know, at first, definitely making the phone calls are hard and, and scary. I'll be the first one to admit that. Um, but once you start making the calls, it gets easier and easier. And you kind of, as you've said before, you start building up that prospecting muscle. Um, and then as time goes on, it just gets easier and, and the results just speak for themselves. Yeah, I love it. Well, your goal for 2024 is uh, 50 deals. However, like we talked about, the goal is to increase sales price, increase efficiencies and effectiveness inside the business model. So uh, why don't we do this, David? If you're okay with it, let's have you back on the show maybe a year from now talk about how 2024 went, make some of the adjustments that we've talked about in your business planning and uh, love to have you back if you're okay with that. Absolutely. Sounds like a plan. Appreciate you very much.